Welcome to Social Team Talk. I'm your host, Tamika Taylor. First and foremost, a mother of four boys, an educator, and a community activist. This is the platform for youth to speak openly about healing, social growth, and tough issues. This is the place where their voice can be heard. Welcome again to Social Team Talk, presented by Impact Achievement Learning Center. Today is episode three, and I have two guests with me. First one is Isaiah. He's one of my high school students. And Adriana. And today's topic is how words have the power to shape our identity. And another thing to also think about is what impact does words have on our children? Excuse me. So I want to go ahead and allow each one of you to say something as we continue this conversation. So I want to ask you that question. Yeah. What word, what impact does words have on our children? You can go for it. I feel like it's like a really daunting world for like parents, but it really starts with them like helping to build their self-esteem, like who they're going to become when they get old. Who they want to become Mm -hmm. as they get older. Okay. Go ahead, Isaiah, before I go. Like words on the children from parents? Yeah. I feel like it's important. Because your parents is the first person you see when you're born, and their opinion matter is gonna matter in everything. That's okay. Your opinion, their opinion is going to matter with everything that's going on in your life. No matter if you don't want to hear their opinion, it's always gonna have a say so in what your final decision is and what you're doing. The words that they come out their mouth is very impactful, and it matters. I feel like yeah, it matters. It does matter, and I'm gonna start off with a story or a situation that happened to one of my children. Middle school is that transition year. And I find it that most children or teens are trying to find themselves. So their hormones, I hate teaching middle school, but their hormones are all over the place. And so my son had a meeting. We had a parent-teacher meeting with a particular teacher. And this time around, Tyrese was acting up. He was very angry, very angry, and even hanging with the wrong kids. And so this one particular teacher kept saying negative things about him. And I remember him always getting kicked out because I worked there as well. So, And so during a parent meeting, he was saying, oh, he is such a bad kid. He doesn't do this. He doesn't do that. Oh, yeah, by the way, he has a D. And I remember turning to the right and looking at him and he was shaken, biting his nails. And instantly I realized he didn't feel safe. Okay. And because this was a professional environment for me because I worked there, otherwise I would have told him all. I had to really think strategically. And I said to the teacher, can we acknowledge that he's trying? Yeah, he's not there yet, but he is trying. And the conversation went on. I can't remember all the words, but I remember seeing Tyrese's face. Just felt, oh, I feel safe that my mom has my back. And in that time, it was very pivotal 
in the sense of I felt like this was going to send him in a direction not to trust me no more or it was going to enhance our relationship. Long story short, the teacher ended up apologizing because his action was totally 100% wrong. And in return, Tyrese felt safe and now is on that direction. And I'll tell you more as to where we're at. So hearing that story, what do you think, how can you relate to that into your life and what you've been through? Anybody want to care to share? I feel like elementary, middle school, I feel like elementary, I would say, I wouldn't say I was, I was a bad kid. I feel like I was a troublemaker. Mm-hmm. And like, no matter what I did, my mom always had my back. She always defended me. No matter what I do, and guess sometimes I give attitude, yell at the teacher, not do my work or whatever, even though I still had good grades and I wasn't even in class like that for my behavior reasons. But she always had my back, and I felt like that's why our relationship is so strong. So I feel like by you defending him, that did enhance your relationship Yeah, a lot. It was pivotal. Yeah, because I feel like he probably gained more trust in, okay, my mom cares and that's what I got from my mom when she was always defending me when I got in trouble. Even though you were wrong. Even though I was wrong. And I feel like that's what the mother's supposed to do or your parents supposed to always defend their child. But I feel like, yeah, that's very important in a child's relationship with their parents. Yeah, I would say that's important. It's very important. You want to add to that? Um, I never really had behavioral issues in school, but my brother did. And a lot of the times he was getting called into like parent-teacher conferences. And my mom wasn't, she was a very absent parent. And a lot of the teachers that would target him because he was a darker skin and he was he went to a predominantly white school and he, she didn't protect him from that. She didn't. A lot of the time she, she, she trusted the words of the teacher over his. That's a culture thing. How do you think, did that, do you think that affected their relationship a lot? Yeah, I think it did. I think he feels like, my parents didn't protect him from a lot of the things that he should have been protected from. And it definitely strained the relationship over time. There's no trust or respect there. Still to this day? He has a respect mm. issue. So, What have you witnessed or um, your experience? My dad traveled a lot when we were younger. And so when he was gone, there would be like physical alter- like altercations with them. And with the son and the mom, they just had a very strange relationship. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's what the culture thing is. And even growing up for myself, I experienced that as well. And it's something about this school and teachers. I don't know. But I had an, a French teacher in high school did the same. And she said, say a word. I'm going to send you to in-school suspension. I said, OK, you said a word. And I was in school suspension for that. And then my mother came to the school and defended that lady. And I got back into, I was going like, I felt every other week I was in school suspension. I just remember being resentful. And then this la- the last time she went and my mother realized that I was telling the truth. And I think, and, but when that happened, it did put a strain on our relationship. You think it was too late? Like when she finally realized mm-hmm. that you were right, it was too late? Yeah. I was like, I told you. how would you feel? Like you've been explaining this, like, no. And it's a culture thing that 
no, mom, I'm telling you the truth. Why wouldn't you believe me? And so that brought on a strain in our relationship, right? But not just that also. I believe that that level of that kind of situation brings on rejection. You reject me. Now I'm feeling like now I don't have no trust with nobody else and everybody else rejects me. It brought on that mentality. And that's why it's important when you go through certain things in life like that to speak about it. I want to get into the other part of the what to do. But yeah, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Anything else you want to share as it relates to that? Speaking to like better your relationship with like your parent or speaking about positivity. Okay. We went on the negative, right? What I'll give you this from the time my niece were, because I don't want to just be on here always talking about the negative aspect of it, right? There is a negative. It is wrong. It is, we should do better as parents when it comes to our children as to what we say and do. And that's why this platform was created because you don't want to hold it in and, and let it fester and bring out you're going on with your everyday life and you're triggered. And so this platform and this podcast is to really bring out what really goes on inside us when these things happen, okay? When words are spoken. So how does words have the power to shape our identity? Let's go there real quick before we go into the solution part, because that's what I was thinking about going now, but no. How does words have the power to shape our identity? Want to go ahead, Adriana, start? We talked about it just a few minutes ago. Mm-hmm. So if you need to go ahead. So do you about the pastor read in scripture about how the tongue has the power of death or life? Go ahead. And about how if parents aren't speaking words of life into their children, it could be very hard for you. Detrimental. Yeah, detrimental to like their self-esteem and the relationship that they have with their parents and who, how they perceive themselves. Well, they're going to shape their identity based on that. Okay, so how does that resonate with you to bring that scripture up? Scripture up? I could say, like, a lot of the times... What? be true. Like, I was... I could talk, like, with my mom or with my... Just talk, just parenting. Yeah. Oh. What you experienced. Like, with my mom, a lot of the times, like, it about how I dress, and it was very, like, oh, you look pretty, but... And she would nitpick if I showed too much, like, of my stomach or if I had too much makeup on, and it, it really shaped how I viewed myself, and it made me feel like I wasn't pretty enough to be shown off or the dress how I wanted or to look how I wanted when I, whenever I went out with my friends. What would you want? What would be the proper response so we know? Because as a parent, we want the best for you. We want you to go out there. Like I used to tell my children, when you go out there, you represent me. So what would be the right response? Because this is not badging parents, but it's about breaking culture barriers what today's society this generation need so what would be the proper response for you because my son has he did it to me the other day he was like instead of you saying this can you try saying that oh okay 
We don't know. Okay. So it's not the fact of having bad parenting per se, but it's more about we didn't know. So what would be the proper response to a little girl from their mom about the way you dressed and the way you, your hair and your makeup should look? What would have, what do you think you wanted to hear at that time? Right. Instead of her nitpicking on you, what would you like to hear? What right. would you want to hear? From Just that I was pretty, that I was cute, that I would talk more. Oh, just that I felt pretty or that I looked pretty, that, that go to that place, speak to that little girl and tell her. Yes, you do. Go ahead. It's okay. You can, you're safe here. Okay. You're safe. Go ahead. What would you tell her? No. Open up your mouth. Tell her. Okay. <laughs> want help? You would want, she wants to hear, oh, you're the most beautiful little girl in the world. Right? That there is nothing like you. You are the sun that shines. I don't know. You're the most beautiful girl. Smart, beautiful. There's nothing wrong with you. That's what she wanted to hear. Give you a minute. What was the question? <laughs> She's not sad, right? It's just that little girl came up right now. And she wanted, those are the words that she wanted to hear. So the tears are saying, she came a long ways. What was the question? Okay. You different. What would, I felt, I feel like, okay, before, I don't want to assume. What would you say to boys your age? What would they want to hear from their mother or father? From their mother? Like, what? as in what? Because you tell me, you come from a Jamaican background, right? Yeah. And I'm Jamaican too, as well. So I understand to that extent. Mm -hmm. They don't say nothing, really. Not, I mean... They uh, Carib it. Yeah, Caribbean parents really are biggest haters. I'm just saying they, they hate a lot, but... What do you mean they hate a lot? Everything you do is a problem. Nothing's never perfect. But as I've gotten older, I've realized that they just want the best for me. And that's how they probably grew up. Their mothers were probably like that. Their fathers were probably like that. Mm -hmm. Like I said before, parents only know what they have gone through in their experiences, what their parents have taught them. So instead of me personally, I take the feelings out of it because I know she loves me. I know she cares about me. So I just take my feelings out of it. If she says something that's not nice, I know she doesn't really mean that. She just wants the best for me. And I just come to realize she just wants the best for me. Like but I said it, before, but it may hurt. Yeah, it may yeah. hurt. But it's take the feelings out of it. As humans, we do desire to have that. Dang, you did good today. Oh. That's a lot of growth, though. Like, I'm still trying to learn that. Take the well, feelings out of it. We're naturally women. Mm -hmm. And women are more nurturing and more emotional. Yeah. And so I had to learn as well to even with my parents to take the feelings out of it more. And yeah. when you take the feelings out of it, you want to lean more to what's that seat? passion, mm. empathy. Yeah. But mm, is that what you're doing or are you just taking it out? I'm just taking my feelings out of it. I no know, compassion, no empathy. Yes, I feel you like did. there's compassion, yeah. there's yeah. empathy, but it's like parents, you know what they have been taught. They don't want to hurt your feelings, but they might end up doing it because they might think that's the best decision at that time. 
And if you, as a child, like a little boy, you don't have the words to articulate and explain to them that I don't want to hear that or I need some words of encouragement right now. But I feel like though that really made me stronger because when I go down the railroad, it's going to be haters and it's going to be people that definitely have a lot to say about me that don't even know me and they That's judgmental true. people. So I feel like my parents doing that or my mother doing that has helped me to not really care about what people say or whatever people judge me by or whatever I'm wearing. Because yes, I would wear clothes or the way I wear my clothes, she would say something about it. Mm. You look like a hoodlum. You mm. look ghetto, like you're from the hood, like you don't have any parents. But at the same time, I understand because those how those people dress. And I was dressing like those people at the time. So I couldn't really get mad at her for that. It's, but it's like, come on, let me be me. Mm-hmm. You see my grades. I'm a good student, good child. Never got into the trouble with the law. Like, you feel me? And like, I got straight A's and stuff. It wasn't really no compliments from her or nothing like that. But y'all better now, though, right? Yeah, we're better now. How did you get there? How did you get there? Did you have to voice, put voice to what you were feeling for her to understand again? Nah, not really. Just what I did. I learned that she's just, she's a woman. After she talks, I say (laughs) what I have to say in a nice, calm voice, calmly, nicely. And like when she's starting to nag now, I'm like, mommy, just relax. You don't have to do that. Just relax. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'll do it. She wants to do something. Okay, I'll do it. No problem. There's no reason to yell. There's no reason to do that. So I just, I feel like I calm, her, I calm her down or whatever to get past that yelling and nagging or whatever. But even when she does that, there's no feelings in it. I just, okay, I listen to the things I need to hear, then I do that. So in the future, I don't have to hear that anymore. But that's how I handled my thing with the words and stuff. Because, yes, she used to say some hurtful things, but it's like, she loves me. She might not apologize. Women rarely apologize. She might not apologize to me, but I just see some certain things that she do. And, okay, she cares for me. I know she cares for me. She's my mom. but she, And she just wants the best for me. That's how I look at it. She wants the best for me, even though... In her words, the best might not be what I have in my head because she might have this in her head and I might have something different in her head. So I would take what I need from whatever she's saying, but mm-hmm. still do what I have to do because it's my life. I have to learn from my experiences just how she learned from her experiences. So I take into all the good things and all the negative things. I just put, put those away. to the side. Yeah, put this to the side. No, because everybody lives by experiences. So I feel like I have to go through those things also. But I can also listen to the things that she's saying that can help me bypass some of the things that she went through because it's I feel like it's steps in life and she may have went through something that I'm about to go through right now and by her telling me this or her telling me don't do that I can bypass that step and go to the next step the next ladder in my life so I feel like that's a good logical way to think about it though and but the thing is not everybody do that do that not a lot of your peers do that but this is why it's good for you to say these things because it needs to be heard because most teens, what they do, they take it in personally and it sits on their heart. Yeah. And I understand why they do that. I feel like those children and people are not really mature yet. They haven't thought about things yet. They haven't learned about themselves. Uh, they really, one thing that really helped me is I just read a lot over mm-hmm. this summer. I just read a lot, learned a lot about myself, learned a lot about her, started just I want to say I looked at my mom differently, but it's like... You do, though. I look at her like, I love her and I care about her. But like, when she says those things, I just look at her. Okay, she's just... I took the feelings out of it and I looked at her like, 
a regular person mm-hmm. for a second. That's what people have to do. Like a regular person. Because once you take, I had to take my mom off the pedestal for a second. She's only, she's your mom, but she's also a regular person too. Mm-hmm. And she can only teach you so much. She right? can. And not everything she's saying is right also. But not everything she's saying is right. So once you take her off the pedestal and just look like, okay, she's saying this, she's saying that. Even though I might not think it's right, she may think it's right. You could just say to avoid any argument or conflict, okay, mommy, or okay, mother, or whatever. No. And still go and do what you want to do. But you just have to listen. This I just stop talking back. Just have to listen. Yeah, listen. don't. It's good thing is not to talk back. Just listen to the words that she's saying. Take what you need from it. And take and, and all out. the trash when she's cursing. All the trash. I just laugh sometimes. I just I just laugh. I laugh. So a lot of times teens do take it personal mm-hmm. into their hearts, and I think what you said really resonated where I am today with it. But back then, it doesn't happen like that for the most. So it's good that you say that. So one of the things I took out of it from what you said that I resonated with that I told you was to read. Reading is knowledge. And it's not just for book understanding, but it's for life understanding of you. Your identity comes from what your spirit needs to be fed in order to gain the understanding and to be able to take that apart and not look at that person as the problem, but look at that person as a human. And then what knowledge would do, what it did for me and him, I believe, and you too, because you caught some good revelations last year up to now. What it does is you look at your parents, then you see a pattern in what? their parents and then you see a pattern in their parents and you'd be like what yeah. and the logic comes in and it's like how could they be positive and influential in my life with their words when their mother I'm just using this word not saying it happened to me called me stupid when her mother called her stupid exactly. and it just goes on yeah I said that on the first episode I too believe if you just look okay your mom's doing this, but if you have a grandmother, some people don't, but if you have a grandmother and you can take a couple of days just to spend with what? her and just see, mm-hmm. you'll see connections between them and be like, okay, I see why the way my mother is. So you will start to understand why the way she is instead of taking everything into your heart and think, and holding everything, latching onto everything. Because I feel like what you hold on to everything, going to build up and build up, mm-hmm. then you're going to snap. And when you snap, you hurt her feelings. Even though she was hurting yours, but when you hurt mm-hmm. her feelings, it, it, I feel like it's way worse. Cause I feel like I've hurt my mom's feelings before when I was younger, mm-hmm. and I didn't like how that felt. I felt terrible after. Yeah, and it also leads to the connection to mental health. So why is that? Go ahead. Why do you think? Go ahead. Having sympathy for that, like generational trauma. Go ahead. Talk about it. You okay to talk now? You good? Go ahead. Like how by holding it in. Can possibly could possibly lead to the norm word mental health, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying I'm not being negative about it, but the reality is, how can we prevent it? So, how does words impact us to the point where children nowadays have mental health? Go ahead. Look, you constantly look 
absorbing like negative words from your parents or like society not just go ahead everyone go ahead or just like your environment growing mm-hmm. and you keep that in and you, if you never talk about that then you'll never unlearn that if I had never came to you about how I was sometimes degraded in my house and if I had never gotten those words of affirmation and like reassurance from you I would never have unlearned that and I would still perceive myself in that negative light how have it better how has it been better now what do you do let's talk about now we're going to transition to so we painted a great picture I believe so now we want to get into talking about how do we move forward without moving backwards how do we heal and the steps and for one Healing is not overnight. It's a journey. Okay. And so let me start with this beautiful quote by Denzel Washington. Okay. He was on some show and he says this. A mother is a son's first true love. A son, especially that first son is the mother. Okay. I want. Nice. I said it wrong. I said it wrong. Let me see. So it's right there. A mother is a son's first true love. A son, especially, that first son is the mother's. Oh. Uh So we're going into healing, okay? Because we want to stop people, or this in particular, this generation from continuing continuing believing that not saying is wrong, but it's not the answer. Always going to therapy, always going to a medication, right? Regardless of taking those things, you still need to put the work in, right? Okay. And so this quote here by Denzel Washington, it sounds like I'm going over intrinsic, but I promise you everything connects to one, right? A mother is a son's first true love. Let's reverse it. Or a mother is a, or a father is a daughter's first true love. We can switch it up. Okay, but just think about your life. Just paint, just go back and tell me what does that mean? What is he saying? Do you need me to say it again? I know what he's saying. What? That your mom is the first real woman in your life. And whatever she says or whatever she does to you, I feel like that can affect the way you treat other women in your life. Like I see some people that I know, it's like, they talk about the relation with their mom and they say it's so good, but then you see the way they treat women. So I'm like, mm. it's it's not good if you're treating other women like this. So you can try to you could tell if someone's relationship with their mother is good, the way they treat or the way they look or the things that come out of their mouth. Same with women. Like the other day, we were celebrating Adriana's birthday and mm-hmm. my Mark's birthday. We're talking to this young individual, which was a lady, and the things that were coming out of her mouth, I already knew. You that, looked at me. Yeah, that she, <laughs> her father was not present in her life. No, how did you address that? We both looked at each other, right? And I'm like, I know he's not going to ask this question. And he turns around and asks her, do you mind me asking without being offended? And you said... I said, is your dad in your life? And she said, no. And I said, that's why you say the things that you say. Yeah. And she was looking at me for confirmation. I'm like, nah, sorry. And she was like, sorry. What he's saying is right. The way 
that you were talking shows that you did not have a good example or some something was missing. That's how powerful words are from parents. You want to add? Also, unless if you don't get a certain like foundational, if you aren't built up in a certain way, you seek that out in other people and mm. in your relationships or in your friendships. And that's why a lot of the times people stay in toxic relationships because they're trying to make they're trying to make that fit. They're trying to seek that reassurance from someone who isn't good for them. Right. Whether they're bad because they're filling that void mm -hmm. that they did not receive, the words that they didn't receive. Yeah. Yeah, I remember a long time ago, we went to the healing part. It was whispered in my ear that you need someone to be better. It was a guy. I'm like, because it's all over you. I'm saying that looking back. It wasn't that he was really, he probably was interested in me, but he saw the brokenness in me to say that in my ear. And I want, and I think that was my vulnerable point. And that was an entryway for him to come into my life. And he was wrong. Yeah. Those things do happen when we don't solidify our foundation. Okay. So what are some of the things that if you grew up in life, with not having positive reinforcement and negativity in your household, whether it's culturally, from friends and family, what are some of the ways we can heal from this? We heard your input as to how you heal or what you do to move forward, which is excellent, okay? So I'm going to start with you. What are some ways that you, what you do to heal from the words that were spoken that was negative. I had to like relearn my identity with what I like. Mm -hmm. Like when I left my mom's house, I spiraled. For so long, I had been like a mother figure to like my sister and like I had always focused on my academics and I played some roles that I shouldn't have at my age. And mm -hmm. I had to relearn that when I left her house. Like I had to relearn like what I liked and who I was. What did you do? I played soccer. So you found something that you really liked. I pulled away from my academics. Like I didn't let my grades slip, but that was my identity for so long. And I had to pull away from that a little and find out what else I liked instead of like the words that were spoken over me by my mom. You told me what you did the other day too. Set up a diary. What do you do? Oh, I use voice memos. And a lot of the times I go to that whenever I need like an outlet to speak or whenever I'm just overwhelmed by emotion. Because what you do is you close your mouth and you let it ball up. So this gives you an outlet to speak it out. And so what happens when you speak it out and you cry it out? What happens? It feels lighter. You feel lighter. It doesn't have the power over it. And you can go back. You can come out like you dry your eyes, you got it out, and you're like, okay, I can tell this day again. I'm ready to address the situation. Then you're ready to address it. Like a lot of the times, like if I'm angry with my father, like I'll go into that and I'll get all my anger out and I'll cry it out. And then I'm ready to go to him with a level head and address him like with respect so he's able to listen to me. Does it work? It does. Because wow. before I'd go to him and I'm so anxious and I'm crying and he's not listening to me because it's wow. not rational. But after all that, I go to him with a level head and I'm rational and it's with respect so he's able to not only communicate, but understand where I'm 
That's powerful. And it's helped our relationship a lot because before we were, he would come to me and he'd be angry with something I'd do and he'd yell at me. But now he knows to go and relax and take a couple breaths and then he'll come back and we can have a conversation and I'm ready to listen to him without him having to yell at me. Because when you're angry, you can't hear. You can't hear nothing. Or when he's screaming at me, I'm not. I'm you're not, not listening, listening either. So it's, you speaking Spanish, he's speaking Chinese and y'all going at it. That's a good one. And that's the one I've been using too, is to speak it out. And you, we can add that we both have therapy. We both do those normal ways of healing. But the work still have to be with you. And a lot of times I think people say they go to therapy thinking, oh, if I go spend these hundreds of dollars, which it does cost, that they're going to take away this problem. You'll, be, you'll walk out. Mm-hmm. Does therapy help? It does. Okay, here we go. What you got to say? I feel like everybody has their own way of healing. People use therapy. People use whatever their outlet is. But me, if... What works for you? I feel like when people say words, I just... I have so much confidence in myself. I would say I have a lot of pride, a huge ego, but I know when to put that aside. But somebody says something, I just keep that thing in my mind like, I'm him or I'm just, I don't know. I have so much confidence in myself. I feel like nobody can ever break my confidence. So when people say something or your parents say something, shut up, bro. It does. That's good at that (laughs) level. But the higher you go, okay, you want to hit the millions, right? You're going to hit the million problems. And that's people at times too. And life have this way of, you may have capped out right now. But there's a deeper level that you're going to have to endure. And that's a test to go to that character building to that next level. So I would say you're in a good place. Round of applause. Oh, but you want to get to that level? You have to go deeper in it. Yeah. And I think you'll do well. I think you're on the right path. You're on the right mindset. But no, it's far from over. I'm not saying it's far from over. Okay. I'm just saying, because if you look at the Bible and all the influential, powerful people, Joshua, Moses, David, only one except for Jesus. How long did it take them to reach greatness? Took a long time. I'm not saying that. How long did it take? I'm asking. I'll tell you, 20 to 30 years or more. And not to say it's going to take you or anybody else that long, but just to say it's a process. Yeah. Doing good. I know it's a process. I'm in the process right now. Just continue to work on myself, continue to better myself. But I know it's a process, and I know I'm going to get there. So I know you are, too. Um, I have plenty of confidence to know that you will get there. And I know you have, if you ever get to that bump in the road, or to reach out. That's key, too, that I talk about, is that you should have a one thing when you're going through the process of healing from past words that were spoken over you, you have to surround yourself with good people, positive people. And for me, I have friends in particular places in my life where I say, okay, I'm going through this right now. I feel it. I'm going to call this person because I know this person will have the right words to help me. And there was a particular time when this particular person was harassing me. 
And then that person contacts somebody else to collide together to talk crap about me. Recently, and over the summer, and I had 20 minutes to get it together because I was going somewhere and I didn't want people to see it, but it was clouding my judgment. It was just taking over my emotions. I call that one person within five minutes. Okay, I'm good now. And I walked in like nothing because he had the right words to say to me in order to get me back in shape. And one of the tactics of the problem, I'm going to say the enemy does, is he wants to keep you isolated. You don't need no help. You need a circle of friends where you know I can do call this person, I could call that person. And together, we can get out of this. Okay? Yeah, journaling, for me, don't work. My mind and my emotions are coming up and my pen cannot keep up. So I don't. But we use exercises, which we all do. What's the importance of exercising, even if it's 15 minutes a day? It releases what kind of hormone? It's a feel-good hormone. I can't think of the name. Adrenaline. I don't know. But whatever, if serotonin, endorphins, there it is. Endorphins. Yes. When you really, and then I just couldn't stand when people say, oh, exercise and change my life. For me, that was like, okay, out of 24 hours of the day and you're working out maybe the max hour and a half, two hours. What do you do with the other 22 hours? You still have to deal with. So it, that doesn't work. That didn't work for me. It worked for them. But for me, when I came out of going through, still going through it, I would say, I, I, don't, I think it's a forever process. I don't know. Was prayer. I prayed. And then when I prayed, the presence of God and just took it away to help me get up and keep going. Learning, reading, all of that good stuff helps. But the main thing, because my therapist asked me, she was like, Back in January or the end of December of last year, you were really bad to the point where maybe I thought you had to get on medication. But now in the fifth month, like, how did you get out of it so quick? I see what you're doing, but what's the primary? I said, prayer. Praying helped. So everything else was complimentary to this, but prayer was the number one. Okay. So if, you want to add anything as to what you think may help? Because people are listening and probably are going through it. Well, when people say words to put you guys down, do you guys like, how do you guys bounce back from that? You guys just go in the box and cry? That's just get sad. That's what you guys do? If somebody says words to put you guys. I'm not going to say I. No, not like that. But I'm saying like, do you, does that affect you? As that? Yeah. It does. But I have to talk myself. Like recovery time used to be like days. Now, one, maybe less. One, and for you, a couple of. Come on, that's good. To bounce back, I'm back. You got better. That's good. I'm about a day because I be thinking about things be going in my head. I'm gonna go over there and cuss. Well, what's the point of caring about that though? You're right. You guys got to stop caring. Seriously, you're right. Stop caring. That's another good one. Yeah. Stop caring. They don't mean nothing. Uh, yeah. That's a lot saying. of time when I think about it now, the ones that have put me down, they're so beneath me. Exactly. 
Uh, and I'm not saying it to be boasting like that, but where they're at and where I'm at are two different places. You're right. And so that's where I'm looking at it more, to be honest with you. Because sometimes you just have that genuine heart to be nice. And that's another thing. When you're too nice at times, you have to be mindful of it. You can't always be that nice to everybody because everybody don't want to be nice or just they don't, they just don't want it. And it was just, it was a total shock, especially this last one. It was a shock because I knew this person for a long time, but she had it out for me and it was unfortunate. So I think that's the reason why it took so long, but you're right. That recovery time with people in my life need to even change and shift. I feel like it shouldn't be long for you to recover from that. You got to, where you, like, out of a scale through one through ten, what would you guys say, like, your confidence level, like, mm-hmm. in your abilities and in yourself is for you, both of My you guys. confidence? Yeah, okay. like, one through ten. Like, what do you think is that? I'll say this. I'm going to answer it wholeheartedly. When I started this journey, I would say it was at a four. Yeah. Now, I'll say eight. Eight? That's good. I would say eight now, going through it, reading it, praying, all of that. Yeah. And so now I shift my mindset when I go in different places. Before I want to hide because all I knew was to people, that negative thought process or the, my bringing up. But now I walk in the room like, <laughs> I'm good. And that for you, Adriana? Maybe like a six or seven. I think it's just hard like when you hear those, like especially if it's from someone like you're close to and they're speaking that over you, it's like, you try to find truth in darkness. Is that true? Am I really? If what do you mean someone you're close to? Who? Like my sister. Like your sister? Sometimes she'd get really hated and... She would say things? And it's... Like she's angry when she says those things? But I had to learn that like a lot of the times her way of handling things was you should just try to hurt people. And we had to have a conversation about that. You're not saying that because you mean it. You're saying it because you want me to hurt the way that you did You're when hurting. I said this. Yeah. And so she learned from that. So what I'm hearing is another strategy is communication. Okay. I love it. You want to close us out then? Because Close us out on what? What do you want me to say? Yeah. Well, we're just going to close out, close out and say this was a good topic, I think. And I enjoy your transparency, your vulnerability, because that is what makes this different. My whole overall goal is not to be the only one talking, but to give voice to the youth to speak what most teens are thinking. And what y'all gave was so much jewels, so much healing in your transparency. And I want to say thank you. Okay. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. Thanks for listening today to Social Teen Talk. Together, we're building a stronger community for our youth to have a voice in today's society. Please subscribe and stay connected for more episodes. Join us on Apple, Spotify, or your preferred platform. And remember to leave a five-star rating. To continue to support our nonprofit and make a generous donation, please visit www.impactachievementcenter.com. Until next time, take care and be the change.